Welcome to Parenting with Vanessa Colon's podcast. Here we are. We are in March. I turned 44 and I had my first injury. I fell out of school <laughs> and I have actually learned to ask for help. So here we are. And I got my second opinion. My, my knee is not fractured. I actually fell on it, dislocated it and had a, my first ambulance ride. Let me tell you, fun times. <laughs> All right, well, this is actually, you know, making me slow down a little bit, start back with my podcast and everything else, but I have been having some meetings lately, and it's just so interesting sometimes what people say, you know, and I want to talk about a little bit about KFS, my school, and the approach, and go a little bit more detail into it, because I feel like people call me, and they're like, well, what's your approach? And again, like I've talked about this before, it's very hard to explain because I follow the child's lead, but there's a couple of things that are very, very specific in my school, which is the mission. And the mission is we're always going to meet the child where they are emotionally, physically, and really it comes down to the child's self-esteem and how we bring the child's self-esteem up because that's when we're going to see progress. That's where we're going to see academics increase, them wanting to read, doing more things in the community and being part of the community. Now, if you have a child, by the time I get these kids, you know, into my school, they don't trust adults. You know, they are already at a point of like, what makes you different, right? How are you going to be different? Um, are you going to hear me? Are you going to see me? Are you going to understand where I'm coming from? And this is where we, I always start out like we might not do academics for the first couple weeks. And I, I understand it. Yes, we are a school. I said, but what happens at school stays at school. What happens at home stays at home. And they have to understand that concept first, which means, you know, building trust. And that also means not going to your parents every single time you do something. We all know why you're at my school. You know, you're, you're working on something. There, there are goals. We are, we are looking for, you know, a child to feel better about themselves, make better choices, and also make friends. A lot of these kids don't have friends. They are very isolated. You go into a, you know, a classroom of 20 to 25 kids, and they're just having a hard time functioning. They can't process all the different transitions, all the directions coming at them, how loud it is. There are sensory issues. There's so many things going on, so then the child shuts down. Right. So then, but, but, but a child shutting down might be that maybe they're under the desk hiding out or they're being really loud and obnoxious and getting themselves kicked out of class because they're like trying to figure out, you know, how to get out of that environment that's not healthy for them. So it's not that they're as, as I don't like the word bad or good, but it's not like they're the bad child, but they're making not the best choices because it's the wrong environment. So when it comes, when a child is in the wrong environment, that's where you're going to see that they're acting out. I remember a couple years ago, I went to a school and I don't even know how this kid went up to third grade. And I mean, he was like, he, and this is a public, I mean, a private school in San Francisco. And he was like under the benches. He was in there. He was rocking nonstop. He didn't talk. I mean, I was there for like two days. I didn't hear the kids say anything. And so then he comes into my school. And by the time, you know, we're, we're like one month in, the kid can't stop talking. He loves music. He is like... He is really coming out of his shell, doing things that are making him happy. He's becoming a different child. And I'm watching this, and I always will remember that. You know, at first I was like, I don't know if I can help this child because I'm like, I'm not sure exactly where what's going on. There just seems to be, you know, this onion that like is so deep with other stuff going on. Maybe I can't help. We brought him in, and that I always remember that as a reminder to myself that an environment does play a role in how a child's going to behave. Now I see a lot of parents that are blaming the teachers let's stop doing that. <laughs> like teachers are doing the best that they can. And you know what? I'm, I'm just, as this pandemic, it, you know, we're going on the end of everything. And I just feel like there's a lot of respect towards teacher. And then it just went into like, I don't know, shit talking to teachers all the time. And it's just really 
frustrating. I right now finally have a really good community. I've gotten, you know, I've families that have left that I didn't really click with and vice versa. No issue. They're gone. I feel like we're in a very good place with my school on just the community piece where everyone's supporting each other. Hence my fall. I had everybody coming in, helping out the school, doing things and really supporting one another, which I have not felt before. And I feel very grateful for this. So as we're going in and we're talking about perspectives and and KFS, you know, one of the things is when I say what happens at school stays at school, what happens at home stays at home. If your kid threw a chair, you're not going to hear about it. Now let's go into that. A lot of parents like, oh my gosh, what? You're just not going to tell me what's going to happen. Now, if we, if you like really want to know what's happening at school and we have an arrangement, like you're not allowed to talk to your kid about it. Yeah, I'll tell you. But if you, if I hear that you went home and talked to your kid about it, (laughs) I'm not going to tell you again. Right. So let's think about this. Let's take a step back. Just be open-minded. I know that I'm a little out there sometimes, but what I find all the time is that a child does something at school. Then, then the, the teacher's like, well, I'm going to call your parent. Now, right there, the teacher's losing their power, right? So it's almost like, well, I'm going to have the parent discipline you and then um, for what you're doing in class. And I'm still going to discipline you. So you're going to get double whammy, right? So then you go home and maybe the child feels bad for what happened earlier, And then the parent brings it up again, right? So then it's like putting salt on the wound. Well, okay, we already talked about it. It's done. Why are we discussing it even more? Why are we going into more detail when we've already, it's already, it's already done with in my head. So then what happens is the parent's talking to the child. Then there's a consequence. The next thing you know, right? The child is feeling worse. Then their self-esteem drops even more. Let's think about this. It just keeps dropping and dropping. So what happens when a child has no self-esteem? You put them back in the environment where they're not feeling safe. They're not feeling secure. More behaviors start. So actually you giving, having the parents of a consequence is actually increasing the behavior. So think about this. You know, if you go, if you are going to a party, right? So say it's a two day, you know, party, right? You go in, you're like really excited. Something comes up with a friend or whatever, and then it's not fully resolved. Then everyone's talking about there. And then you have to walk back into the party. How does it make you feel? You probably most likely don't want to go back. Or you're going to do something to avoid to go back because you don't want to. Now, now that's the same with children. Now, it's almost like when you tell a kid, like, well, we're not going to do, you know, we're not going to hit, we're not going to spit, we're not going to throw a chair, we're not going to do these things. Well, you know what you're telling them? You're, you're reminding them of what they can do when they get in the door. And instead of saying, like, okay, can we try to make the right choice? Think about the language that we're using. Language is a key part in all of this in the sense of, like, how are we helping and supporting the child. But I also feel like when you're able to practice forgiveness and looking at like, okay, this child is struggling right now. Okay. This was the one, one incident. So then the next time they do it, you know, we're not complete. We're not putting those two together. Right. So if something happened at 10 o'clock and something at two o'clock, those are two different things. It's not like the whole day was horrible. Right. So you're looking at how do we break things up to where a child can feel good about themselves. So once it's over at 10 o'clock and you did the repair, everything's done, drop it. Why do we have to like call all these people and get like, you know, extra support? I mean, to me, it's sometimes like stop. And that's the thing at at KFS, you know, kids start to be, they come in, they do something and then they're like, oh my God, you're going to tell, they have this fear factor of their parent. And I'm all, nope, it's already done with and it's over. Move on. And they look at me like, what are you, what? Are you serious? And I got to tell you, it works. 
You want to see a child start to build their self-esteem, they get more chances to do it again. They get, this is what I call the three R method, which is all social emotional learning. And I have this whole curriculum that I'm going around training teachers and parents on. And it's like, how do you, when there's something that comes up in a, in a classroom or a situation or at home, how do you repair the situation? How do you teach a new way? How do you change it to where the child is learning this, this skill where they can take that into another environment and they can generalize it? How many times are we saying, no, we don't do that. No, we're not going to do that. I talked to a principal and they're like, well, you know, this kid, they got in an argument and he smashed his kid's glasses and I took him to, you know, I took him to the office. I go, well, where's the teaching? It's just a consequence. You think a consequence is going to change anything? <laughs> Obviously, there's something going on to where, you know, and then don't sit there and tell a child, well, what would you say differently? If they would know what they're going to say, they're going to say it. You know, you're at my school, you're seeing my entire team always spoon feeding what they, what we want the kids to say. And you know what? We're not saying, what would you say in repeating it? Cause that almost is, you know, making the child feel less than, and that's not what I want to do. You know, I'm going to support the child to make them feel like they're a part of the community and what they're doing, but I'm also going to give them the language. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to redo that. Let's rewind that. Okay, how do we do that again? Oh, let's try that again, right? But the right way. And then we drop it. You know, the one time that I, um, I got really confused on my own approach was last year. Um, and I've had this kid for years. And he knows, like, what happens on Tuesday stays on Tuesday. We don't go past that. So if it happened and then he got, he was mad. at I had to, I think it was last year I had to get a vac, my shot or whatever, the COVID vaccine. And he, I left and he was upset. And I don't usually leave kids. Like, that was the first time I've had to leave because, like, I had to get my appointment. <laughs> it was, like, the first, you know, shot. And I got an email and it was not the nicest things, not, not the nicest language in there. And I sat there and I go, okay, well that was at like six 30 on a Tuesday night. Um, am I allowed to talk about it tomorrow? So I walk into school and he goes, oh, that was Tuesday. So today's Wednesday. We're done. I'm like, wait, are we good? Are we really good? Or do we need to do something to help the relationship? Because what it comes down to is the relationship. You know, so everything I'm trying to say is just broken down into how does one child and a teacher or another caregiver build that relationship of trust? When you have that trust, when you have those, you know, that foundation first, you can make mistakes. The child is willing to make mistakes. And if you're showing that you're not perfect all the time and that you are, you know, that you yeah, I, I make a ton of mistakes, <laughs> like all the time, um, and the kids know it. But I go with it, right? I mean, I have kids all the time mispronouncing things that I say, or if I spell something wrong. But I go into other classrooms and I see kids doing that, and, and teachers get really upset. And that's the other thing, like have fun with the kids. When did teaching become so? You know, on, with some people, it just becomes so. You know about. The child listens to the teacher. It's about the relationship. It's about the back and forth. It's about how are we both growing together? How are we in this relationship together functioning and growing in a way that's healthy, but also both of us learning? Because I'm telling you, I'm 44 and I'm still learning. I think that I, I got this down with all these kids. I will never, ever, ever not work with children because that's the way that I'm going to learn and be a better what I do. And especially as, you know, things are growing and I'm getting more calls and everything else. But I think the biggest thing is what it comes down to is trust and building that rapport and understanding that the child needs to be able to trust the adult. And when we are always over talking and over analyzing every little thing, it's too much. I mean, one time I I got a parent call me saying, Oh, my child doesn't want to do homework tonight. And then I got on the phone. I'm all, why do you want to do homework? He's like, I'm just tired. It's too much. And I go, really? Can it just be that? 
And can't we give kids breaks sometimes when it is too much? And, you know, sometimes I think we forget that adults have bad days. Kids are going to have bad days. You know, there's days where you're just like, I'm in a mood. I know when some of my kids are coming in, I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. This is going to be a long six hours because the cycle is going to keep going. They're sensitive that day that things come up and, you know, we have to go with it. And so at KFS, the, the really it comes down to the social emotional learning and being able that the child can hold a relationship, that they're able to have the repair, and they have the trust. And I'm not going to be calling parents home and saying, oh, guess what? Can you do X, Y, and Z? No. When the parents come and it's been like the worst day and I'm exhausted, I'm going to say, uh, he had a great day or she had a great day, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and do anything. And when the kid looks at you and hears that, that's when the trust starts to going, wow, you're not telling my mom and I'm going to get in trouble. Like, why is he going to get in trouble at home when he did something at school at 10 o'clock in the morning? It was already redone. The repair was made. You know, we redid it. The, the relationship is no, no longer broken. I'm going to drop it. Done. And it's not going to be talked about again. So that's what, that's the difference within KFS versus, and we're also a very small school. So with that being so small, we are able to get the individualized attention. We're allowed to do the individualized academics. We're allowed, we can do the one-on-one times during the day. There's a lot of things that we can do to help support the child. But I think the biggest thing that I'm hearing is like in that meeting earlier, well, how often does the child act bad? I was like, what are you talking about lady? (laughs) What do you mean, how does the child have bad? Like, what? A child makes, you know, not the best choices at times. It doesn't mean they're a bad child. And I think we sometimes look at a behavior and we think, oh, this child is just bad. And I hate saying that because I don't feel that way at all. But really, a child that's struggling. And how we take things so personally. And I, I'm in these meetings with teachers, and it's like they're frustrated. And I understand it. These, we have these pandemic babies coming out that, you know, didn't learn how to you know, sit at a table and eat. Let's be honest. I mean, parents were struggling, um, super anxious kids, a lot more behaviors. Like there is just a lot more going on that, that I'm not seeing talked about with these kids and through this pandemic. So a lot of teachers are tired. It's, it's, it's been hard for me to hire people cause it's, there's a burnout rate and I, and I totally get it. But I think as parents and as a community, being able to treat teachers with respect, understanding that, you know, the child is it's not personal to you. It's not, it's not like they're sitting here coming to school thinking I'm going to go get my teacher and get back at her. You know, maybe, I don't know, but not, that's not, they're more likely anxious of like what happened the day before, if it wasn't repaired, how am I going to do this again? Are they going to be mad at me? What's going to happen? The thought process. And then this goes into the spiral of anxiety. And then they're not even learning in class because they're in their head thinking about everything else. So that's something to think about too. But it's, it's really not personal. I've just come out with, you know, learning, um, teaching with heart. It's going to be a self-care journal. It is a self-care journal for three months talking about like how you take care of yourself when a behavior does happen in the classroom where you're like, that was a lot, how it wasn't personal to you. How did you take care of yourself? You know, it's all about mental health. And I'm actually really excited about, there's a free virtual podcast style series of the uh, for parents, right? So it's the best mom ever summit. And on, if you go into my Instagram, if you go into my link tree, you can register there. It's free, you know, for teen moms and like for teen girls, anything else on parents, you know, if you want to look, find a way to create a close relationship with your teenage daughter, even if, you know, she has already shut you out, like, and you're feeling that way, like go on to this, summit. It's free. I mean, you're going to have speakers all over the world coming in. I'm going to be talking on April 7th on how to deescalate a situation when it's 
you know, very escalated. <laughs> and you know, at teenagers, there could be a lot of yelling. So like tips there, I'll be going on April 7th. So again, like go to my LinkedIn or you can go to go to my LinkedIn. You can register there. Uh, my Instagram on my link tree, there's a registration there, but it's free. And there's so many great topics, just register, figure out maybe there might be something that you like, maybe you don't like. Um, but you know, as you're, as a parent right now, I feel like there's such a, a need to get more information and, and more tools on how to connect with your child and how to be present and how to be more mindful on that piece. And sometimes it's as simple as like, when I get home, I'm going to turn my phone off for 10 minutes a day. Simple tips like that go very far. And of course my dog is going after that. Um, welcome to Lola. I thought I for sure, Lola, stop. I thought for sure I was going to have a pop. Hey. I thought for sure I was going to have a podcast without my dog screaming. That didn't work out. But either way, thank you for listening. Check out this, you know, new virtual summit coming up. You can find that on my, it's again, my Instagram there. I also will have a new self-care journal for teachers, teaching with hearts. It said, and you know, I hope you enjoyed this.